Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Embracing Your Spirit Influence Podcast. This is a place where you will meet and be inspired by many diverse entrepreneurs on how they use their sphere of influence to create change. Today, we have with us Tom Palladino. Tom began his research and work with scalar energy during his undergraduate years. He, ins- he was inspired by many different scientists, especially Nikola Tesla. And these people believe that as to the existence of an energy that is not of the electromagnetic spectrum, with this inspiration, he pursued a course of independent study in order to better understand and sub- subsequently harness scalar energy. Tom is a scalar energy research and has 25 years experience helping people with pathogenic inflection. Welcome, Tom, to our program. Alexa, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Great to have you. You know, before we start talking about all of your insights and how you influence the health of so many people, let's take a quick look at your personal or professional journey. In just a couple of minutes, could you tell us where you started from and how did you get where you are today? It started with curiosity. If you want to be a researcher or a scientist, frankly, you have to be curious. You have to be willing to spend the time to to investigate. So as a youngster, I started studying Nikola Tesla, one of the greatest scientists of all time, and he spurred my curiosity. And then throughout my collegiate career, I try to, if you will, harmonize with Tesla's ideas and thoughts, and I try to work towards a working model of scalar energy, that is, to be able to duplicate what Tesla had achieved. That was my pathway to, to understanding scalar energy, really with Tesla, who gave me the inspiration. Excellent. And, and what I forgot to tell everybody is I have a really great guest with me, or co-host, I should say, and A.J. Mata. He was with me when I first started. And A.J., welcome. I want to also have you part of this conversation. No, thank you very much, Lexa. How are you? How are you, Tom? I'm well. Hi, A.J. Good, good, good. Yeah, thanks for so, having me on. Oh, you always make this so much better. So let's talk about scalar energy. What is scalar energy? Scalar energy is the energy of the universe. By that I mean it's sunlight or starlight. Scalar energy is the initial energy produced by the sun and the stars. And once mankind realizes that harnessing this energy, scalar energy, will serve to advance our technology. Scalar energy will be the tool of the future. So to answer that question, scalar energy is sunlight, it's pure sunlight. And it really is the first or the initial energy of the universe, whereas electricity and magnetism are a derivative or a subset of scalar energy. Okay. So how do you harness this to actually heal people? <laughs> that's the that's the key element. Um, in many ways I've I've studied Tesla and other scalar energy researchers. And there are scalar energy instruments that can harness this energy. I have those scalar energy instruments. And in so doing, what I can achieve with scalar energy is unique 
These, are, again, are not electromagnetic instruments. So a scalar energy instrument, and this is the key, scalar energy allows you to have control over nature. A scalar energy instrument will give you control over nature as opposed to electromagnetic energy that really gives you indirect control over nature. So what I am saying is that a scalar energy instrument provides us mastery, mastery over the physical universe. And in effect, I can use that tool, that mastery over physical forms, and I've been able to destroy, to break down germs very easily in the human body. Excellent. AJ, what questions do you have? Tom, so when you take a look at the scalar energy concept, when people try to wrap their head around this whole process, if you would, so I know that you have this program, which a lot of people that I know of personally that have enrolled in it, uh, you have, you have a 15 day free program where people can at least try out the process before they even consider, okay, is this something I want to move forward with? What, what does that process look like? So they have to send a picture, yes? And then, then how does it work from that place? That's correct. When I work with people, I work with them remotely. And as AJ mentioned, people submit a photograph to me. Nobody has to visit my laboratory. So working with scalar energy, you could treat people around the world by virtue of their photograph. Now, I do that, and in so doing, I can make connection or I can access any person or animal by virtue of their photograph. So in many ways, my scalar energy instrument works like a satellite. If a satellite can send a signal to a radio or a cell phone, then likewise, I can send a scalar energy signal to anybody in the world by way of their photograph. This is the wonder of scalar energy. It's the ability to reach anybody in the world by way of their photograph. So it's not really about a name. It's actually the photograph of the person. And do you do you put that in your head and, and use your instruments to direct, like a satellite, direct it to that person? But you must have a photograph. There are no that, other that, options. Is that correct? That, that's correct. What I found... Um, as a fail-safe protocol, is a photograph of a person assures me that I can find that person. And you have to understand, a photograph is nothing short of a, an energetic signature of a person. So a photograph represents a person, and the instrument then can find that person by way of that energetic signature. This is the beauty of scalar energy. It's an infinite intelligence. And it can find a person anywhere in the world. So, Tom, when you when when the people send the photographs to you, and again, just so we can all wrap our heads around this whole process, because it's very intriguing, and I, and I, and, I, and I've been hearing more and more and more about scalar energy. What do you think the biggest uh, things that people have, like, uh, you know, uh, when people do hear about scalar energy, what are the biggest things that you feel like you, as a scalar energy healer or, or, or processor, if you would have to overcome? to be able to show people that this does really work? It, it's simply education, AJ. They simply need to try the treatment, and in so doing, once they experience the treatment, most people are believers. And to that end, we offer free scale energy treatments to at least get people initiated into the process. We want to offer everybody in the world 15 days of free scale energy treatments, and in so doing, once people experience the benefits, they're hooked. They're, they're believers. 
So it's just a matter of education. That's the bottom line. You simply have to educate people. Well, Tom, so if people were interested in doing this, what type of illnesses or infections do they need to have? Because I'm sure everyone's asking, I wonder if this would work. I wonder if he's ever worked with cancer. Or is it the common cold or flu or what? What all do you think? Sure. My ability is this. I am able to destroy over 400,000 species of germs, such as parasites, bacteria, viruses, fungi, mold, etc. Now, in so doing, I do not diagnose any problems. People simply send a photograph to me, and I'm able to eradicate the germs, the pathogens in the body, the common germs in the body. Um, in so doing, that helps people immediately overcome pathogenic infections. But in many cases, it's also, if you will, preventative or prophylactic. That is, if I'm able to destroy viruses, then many of the people that come to me, I'm a, I will be able to prevent certain types of cancer in the future. For instance, um, we go on record, I go on record, by stating that scalar energy can destroy the human papillomavirus. And the human papillomavirus is associated with cervical cancer. So what I am saying is this, and we're able to eradicate that virus, the human papillomavirus, and I'm sure that in some women, we're preventing them from contracting from developing cervical cancer in the future. So it has an immediate benefit to rid the body of bacteria, viruses, fungi, certain pathogens, and it also has a future prospect of preventing certain diseases, such as some types of cancer. Wow, Tom. Tom, when we when we when we talk about like scalar energy and we talk about the energy perspective of everything like this, does someone when they want to submit their pictures, do they have to come in with like, and I'm not trying to sound love and lighty here, but do they have to come in with a, a, a energy of like this could work, or if they come in with like, oh well, let me just try this out. I don't know if it's going to work or not. I mean, do they have to come yeah. in with some sort of? Do they have to come in with some sort of? energy from their perspective, like, okay, I need this to work, or, or, or does it matter either way? I would say that um, people with, who are disposed, they will show signs of being able to um, repair or to recover quicker. Um, so, yes, when people will give their assent and people will agree to the healing, that should accelerate the healing. I keep in mind, I treat many animals. I treat pets, such as dogs, cats, and horses. And those animals have no idea that I'm treating them. Nevertheless, we're able to destroy germs in animals. So I realize that this, this energy, this treatment does work uh, for both people and animals. And even if you don't acknowledge your energy or you're not even cognizant of this energy, again, a, a dog or a cat is not cognizant that I'm treating them. Nonetheless, we see many dogs and cats that are cured of pathogenic disease. So it works. Either way, whether you're, you're in agreement and aware of it or whether you're simply oblivious to the treatment. So it's not one of those things where the soul has to give permission kind of thing like that. That's, that's correct. The scalar energy is a primal force in the universe, and it can be directed anywhere, and it cannot, frankly, be blocked. That's one thing I've noticed about this energy. It's anywhere, and hence it cannot be blocked. It cannot be impeded. Wow. Does, does it equate like free will? Like, you know, people talk about free will. Let's say, for example, like someone was to say, okay, well, look, I want to send a picture of my, uh, 
my uh, son or daughter or my mother or father and things like that. Does that, does that, does, does, does when they, when people talk about from a spiritual aspect, free will of those things, does it, does it negate free will or does it just, does it just work through it? How does, how does that happen? Well, it, in, in no way will it negate free will. People uh, always have their um, free will about them. But scalar energy, again, as a primal energy source, is, is not impeded. It's not blocked. In other words, our will, even if we tried to will it, we could not block this energy. Here's an example. Sunlight is scalar energy. Well, even if we tried, could we block out sun rays? No. It's impossible. Nobody's ever been able to block the sun or the stars. So I, I can't emphasize enough how scalar energy transcends time and space. Scalar energy is everywhere. And we simply have to work in harmony with scalar energy. That's the point here. This is a very friendly energy. And once mankind wraps their arms around this, scalar energy is a technology that will change the world. I frequently forecast that scalar energy will have a greater impact upon mankind than that of the computer. So imagine where we're going with this. Well, I, I love a good story, Tom. And so you as being really an influential healer in this scalar energy, could you give a story about somebody who has a, a remarkable turnaround, something that is extraordinary? Sure, I'd love to. Um, we've been treating people in Africa recently, and many of those people have hepatitis infection or cholera. Um, and we are seeing entire villages, we are treating entire villages in Africa for cholera malaria, or HIV, etc. And we're seeing entire villages being cured by way of scalar energy. So it doesn't matter where you're located, all we need is a photograph. And in so doing, we could treat people anywhere around the world. So this is so promising to us, the ability to cure people in distant lands. That that really resonates with me. That's the reason I, I got an end to this. I, I want to be an humanitarian and I want to be able to reach out to the world and secure the world. Good. Well, now, if people want to know about this, and you've got a 15-day trial. I'm assuming a lot can happen in 15 days. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Well, that's how, do, correct. how do people find out? Tell us what the process is. Free sure. scale or free 15-day scale? Go ahead. Yeah, I'll provide a website. Anybody in the world can visit this website and upload your photograph. Now, all we need is for you to email a photograph to us. And the website is freescaler.net. I'll spell that. Freescaler, S-C-A-L-A-R.net. Visit our website, and you can upload as many as 25 photographs of your family and friends. And we will treat you for free. No questions asked for 15 days. And during those 15 days, we will eradicate the germs in your body. We will eradicate parasites and fungi and mold and bacteria in your body. And we will additionally balance your seven chakras. And after 15 days, you will see how you feel better. It's a significant improvement in health. The greater majority of people say, yes, I feel different. I feel better. Well, that's the, that's the benefit to be derived from this remote healing process, scalar energy. So again, visit the website, freescaler.net. Anybody in the world can upload, email your photographs, 
family and friends will treat you no questions asked for 15 days. Great. So it's totally free. They don't you have to put a credit card in first in order to get the free treatment, right? Correct. Yeah, we never take a we never take a credit card. We never we never ask anything. Our mission is to heal the world, and we want to be very honest, transparent, and to the point. So we never ask for a credit card. We never. The intent here is to heal people. The intent is not to make money. That's excellent. Uh, that that really brings in the people to really believe and to harness into this energy themselves, knowing that it's going through their body and healing it. Because right now there's a lot of sick people. So thinking of that, is it just pathogenics that you deal with? Are there other areas of the human that you deal help heal? Yeah. When we're working with scale energy, we see so many things. This energy seems to correct brain waves. It seems to balance the seven chakras. And what is the upshot? Well, many people who have difficulty sleeping are able to sleep in more meaningful sleep after the scalar energy treatment. So scalar energy for many people serves to reprogram their brain waves so that they can finally achieve a meaningful sleep, an uninterrupted, deep, restful sleep. Others have come to us and have expressed that scalar energy has served to calm them. Some people say it has reversed depression or anxiety. So we realize that scalar energy is having a powerful influence upon our psychology, the way we think, the way we are, the way we feel. I've always thought that scalar energy will be the tool in the future to correct um, emotional disorders, to correct uh, psychological disorders. Why? Because the energy, scalar energy, does indeed have a profound influence on our brain waves. It can influence our brain waves. And that's another benefit of scalar energy. There is a psychological benefit to this energy. Tom, you know, I went to a, uh, I go to like a infrared sauna, uh, you know, uh, sauna, 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 you know, uh, you know, several times a week. And I was talking to the persons that were there and I was like, have you ever heard of the scalar energy? He's like, he's like, one of my best friends is really into scalar energy. I'm like, well, how does that work? They're like, and this is what they said. And I want to ask your opinion on this is that they, they said like, it's such a, it's such an incredible treatment. It's just that a lot of these medical type professionals, discount it because they don't want people to get healed because because the money's in the medicine and this is a much less cost effective way of doing things and it, do, do you find that do you find that to be the same kind of experience i do to answer your question yes and let, let me explain what i am doing is rather inexpensive scalar energy can easily treat a million or two million people a day and a scalar energy instrument can easily cure a million or two million people a day. Now, that will be a threat. You know, the existing medical model is now called into question. It, it is now um, called into question because there's a simpler, easier, less expensive way to disease. I think in the future we will see this confrontation, we'll see this clash between left and medicine and scalar energy. And scalar energy will win the day because it's simpler, it's easier, less expensive, and most importantly, it works. Scalar energy destroys germs. So, 
Using the support, new technology will make obsolete the existing technology. So, new what, what? technology by way of scale energy will make obsolete many pharmaceutical drugs. In, 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 today, in today's world, Tom, in today's generations, you know, you have the millenniums, you have the seniors, you have the, you know, uh, the, the baby boomers, if you would. Who is the ideal client, if you would, that is a, at the very least open to this? Because this is a, because when you think about this abstractly, um, who is the ideal client that you think would be open to this that, that really would embrace this right out of the gates? That, that, that's a real great question. It's really a cross section of society, young and old, uh, from all demographics, um, stratifications, if you will. Um, people are very open now to a new way of thinking. It's not just steel energy, it's a new way of thinking. We realize that some of the things that we've done in the past are wrong. And we look at the circumstances around us, we realize there has to be a change. There has to be a new model, a new way of thinking, a new way of doing things. So I have people around the world, Asians, Canadians, Americans, Europeans, who like steel energy. From all age groups, it's just a matter of really are people open to it? Have they been educated as to this type of energy? Are they at least open to try something, especially the free program? Well, it's very promising, AJ. 25 years ago when I started, it was not so promising. People were not open to this. Today, they're open. Today, everything has changed. The free program, though, I mean, I mean, that is, that, 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 and again, you're not asking, you're not asking, you're not asking for people to put their money up. You're not asking for credit card payments. You're not asking for anything. You're simply asking for a picture. What led you to that? I mean, did, 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 did you, did you get, did you get spiritually guided to that belief? Because a lot of people are like, they're trying to figure out that piece of like, how do I run my business and everything? How did you, how did you connect to that process and be like, Hey, you know what? I don't even want your credit card. Just try me out. Like, where did you, where did you even get that process from? Because that's a big risk for you as a business person. I, uh, thank you, but I, I don't, um, I don't worry. I, I let God handle the finance. And what going to survive, you know, because of God's, uh, direction and because of the people's generosity. So I was divinely inspired to do that. I go on record by saying the main purpose of a healing ministry is to heal people. It's not to make money. So if we heal people for free, then we will eventually uh, garner the interest of people around the world. But first and foremost, we're a healing ministry, and we don't worry about money or power or reputation. We, we want to heal people. We are true to form. So let's hey. talk about the heal, healing ministry aspect of this. Like, So when you talk about it from a ministry aspect, like, like talk about this, like people talk about it like as a church, or do you, would you consider yourself more like a church kind of scenario, or, um, you know, where, where would you categorize that part of it when you, when you talk about the ministry aspect? Uh, we're open to uh, any, any race, religion, any philosophical thought. Um, I myself am I'm a Christian, but I want to keep the doors open to everybody around the world. And what I'm looking for is a unified approach. I want to unite mankind. I believe scale energy is one of the ways we can unite the human race. So I, I don't believe in division. Division is wrong. It's evil. Let's unite mankind. Let's put everybody 
together in this enterprise and let's treat people, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious beliefs, let's treat everybody for free, let's share the world. Tom, you're a very influential uh, aspect of this field. In a few words, what does influence mean to you? Influence is, is the ability to overcome perhaps an objection. Influence is the ability to impress upon somebody a better way of doing something. Excellent. Excellent. So let's talk again how people can find you. You've got your 50-day trial, 15-day trial, as well as a website, I'm sure, a phone number. How can people actually call you and find out about this? Sure. If you want to speak to us, our phone number, area code 805-364-3051. And again, Could you do that again? That it bleeped out a bit. Area code 805-364-3051. There we go. Nice and clear. Okay. And your website? And the website for the 15-day free trial is freescaler.net. Scalar is spelled F-C-A-L-A-R. Anybody in the world can sign up for the free treatment. There is no obligation. Share that link with your friends. Let's cure the world. Become a part of our movement. Let's let's cure the world. That's the that's the key. That is the overarching objective. That's excellent. Thank you, Tom. This is exciting. AJ, do you have any final comments before we have to go? Unfortunately, I think I I think everybody listening right now has everything to gain and nothing to lose. So there's no worries there. So go to the website. I mean, seriously. Alexa, right? Exactly right. There's just nothing else to do. Just go there. He's not asking you for. He's not asking you for anything. He's simply saying, "Look, you know what? You know, I. This is his passion. This is his heart. And 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 you know, try him out. And you know, I. I think. I think. And and he's and he's given every. He, he's removed every obstacle. So I don't every know. Else. I don't. I don't. Every yes. obstacle. He's not. Like I said he's not asking for any any type of credit payments or anything like that. He's simply saying, "Look, send me your pictures and try me out and see how you like me." And see, I like my process, and I don't know what else. I don't know what else anybody can ask for in today's world. I really don't. Especially in today's world and how business is conducted. And for yeah. that, I, I am so grateful that we have these opportunities because you know, when you're sick, nothing works, right? Our health is everything. So, yes, thank you, John. Thank you. You know, can, can, I, can I say? Can I say one sure. thing, Lexi, real quick? Um, I have a very close family member uh, of mine that uh, made a lot of money in their lives and stuff like that, and 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 they're in their they're in their late seventies. And I, and I called them, I and I was talking to them. I was like, you know, congratulations on your success. And they're very sick, right? And you know what they said to me? What they said? What the hell am I going to do with it now? Oh, uh, see the depression. what the hell am I going to do yeah. with it now? So so meaning this is like you know what. You can have everything. What I'm trying to, I guess, uh, relay here is you can have everything you ever wanted. You can have all the materialistic things that you ever wanted in your life, but you don't have your health, then you have nothing. Would you say that, Tom? Yes, yes. If you're not healthy, you're miserable. You're right. Yeah. You can have. You have nothing. You can be financially secure. Exactly. You can be financially secure, but what's it? What's it worth to you? Did not have your health. To me, it means yeah. the world to me. 
So, Alex, yeah. I think that's a great thing to leave with the audience is if you're sick, you've got nothing. So you've got nothing to lose. Try this. And AJ, you should send a picture of your family member. Yeah. See if we can't get him better. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think everybody and everybody, every family member out there that whether they're sick, whether and it doesn't matter about being sick or not sick, but at least maybe they want to feel a little bit better about themselves. Maybe it could be from how I've understood the com- conversation, Alexa. Maybe it could be like they're, you know, psychologically just, you know, they just need to get their their head straight or whatever. You know what I mean? It could be various things right there. It's all energy. And it looks like, you know, Mr. Palladino just, you know, has the has. Something there, and, and and again, you know, nothing, nothing at all for them to lose, and everything for them to gain is, is how I see this. Yeah, everything yes. to gain, everything to gain. Well, thank you, Tom. I'm excited for you, and I'm excited for the world that we actually have these options available to us. So I will certainly put my two cents in there on freescaler.net. Everybody, freescaler.net, try it out. Tom, thank you. Thank you so much for the time today. I appreciate it and wish you so much success. Thank you. Thank you, AJ, for sharing this time with me. You've made it. No, yeah, always. Hi, Alexa. You're always great. Tom, thanks a lot for your time. Thanks thanks for sharing this information with us. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. and become essentially germ-free? Scalar Light serves to break apart the molecular bonds of viruses, bacteria, fungi, and parasites in your body. Only a photograph of a person is needed in order to be treated with Scalar Light and eradicate germs from your body. Visit the website freescalar.net and upload your photograph as well as the photographs of your family. Everyone will receive 15 days of free Scalar Light treatments and your germs will be eradicated by the painless and simple Scalar Light process. People from around the world have experienced the benefits of Scalar Light healing and the testimonies prove just how effective this groundbreaking treatment really is. Visit freescalar.net to get started or call our support desk at 1-800-345-9851 for additional information. That's freescaler.net or toll free 
This is a place where you will meet and be inspired by many diverse entrepreneurs on how they use their sphere of influence to create change. Today, our guest is Janine Bolin, and Janine is a sacred clone, a shaman, and a Raja yoga master. After 20 plus years of working with an enlightened Hindu guru and the Native American grandmothers and grandfathers, she was struck by lightning and called into the Thunder Clan. She provides spiritual healing via breath techniques and totem animal energies. Welcome, Janine. How are you? Yes. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yes, I I want to find out about, I've never heard of a sacred clown. Tell me, well, first of all, tell me how being struck by lightning, which has got to be traumatizing, how that led to your your path. I'd be happy to. Uh, being struck by lightning physically is one of the attributes uh, required from some sacred clowns. Some tribes require that. It's basically being touched by the sky god or the wakians. It depends on the tribe as to what the name is. And that it means that this is a soul that has a mission. And then if I had been born into a tribe, I would have been ushered by the shamans at the age of eight into a a realm of training to be a spiritual and emotional healer. But when I was struck by lightning, I was standing on the island of Eleuthera in the Bahamas because my father was in the Mm -hmm. Navy. And I was struck by lightning indoors, and my family witnessed it, and I was, I was shocked, but, and so was my family, but because I was physically unharmed, and the house was unharmed, everybody just kind of went about their day, and we never talked about it again. And it wasn't until almost 32 years later that I happened to be um, in the presence of several shaman and Native American medicine men. And they were talking about, oh, yeah, well, at least we haven't been struck by lightning. And I said, oh, I have. And they started backing away uh-huh. from me. <laughs> really? Oh, and, wow. uh, and I was adopted by several, like, I've worked with over 16 Native American tribes now. I am not affiliated with any of them. If somebody wants teaching from me, I always say, what tribe? And then I refer them to that specific Native American because I'm what they call an itinerant clown, meaning I go in, do my job, and leave. I don't, I don't profess to know that particular tribe's ideology or theology. Interesting. So what is a sacred clown? Oh, by the way, how old were you when you were struck by lightning? I was eight years old at the time. So it was the eight-year-old thing, huh? Yeah, eight to eight to ten. I'm sorry, I just I'm calculating back. It's probably ten, closer to ten. But yes, (laughs) but still in that area, that that's really fascinating how that happened. So what is what is a sacred clown? I mean, we know clowns that come in and entertain. What's a sacred clown? Well, the way. Uh, each tribe describes a clown is different. So that's one of the first things that I had to learn was that each tribe has kind of a slightly different job uh, for the clown. Um, Now, the clown is a English word. And when Native Americans first started running into Europeans on this continent, they would look for metaphors to try to describe to these uh, visitors what what they were talking about as far as their heoka. 
and they saw the circuses, right? And then they noticed the clowns. The clowns were doing silly things and laughing, and they were the only characters that left the ring. They were the only characters that actually went up into the audience. They'd sit next to people. They'd eat popcorn. They'd make jokes. They'd make everybody laugh, right? So right. Sacred Clown came as a English derivation to these uh, beautiful tribe people trying to describe what they do. So we are spiritual healers. Right? If you go to a doctor, you get physical healing. Hopefully, if you go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, you get uh, physical as well as emotional healing, mental healing. And then where do you go to get spiritual healing? And that's where shamans can come in and help with some of that. And then if you don't get success with that, then you move up to the sacred clown. So you could kind of see us as spiritual specialists. Okay, so I've worked with shamans before. Uh, in fact, I had one two decades ago that I, I swear saved my life. She was absolutely incredible. What is the difference between a shaman and a sacred clown? Um, the shaman is brilliant at their job, and I am always very grateful for any shaman I run into. If uh, someone says, oh, I'm a shaman, I go, thank you, <laughs> because they, they are the workhorses right. of the spiritual community, and I do, I just have so much respect when a shaman is at their wits end they call in a clown okay that's just you so really in the modern day times they're considered a spiritual healer right yes to certain tribes yes but you know how it's difficult to generalize because not every tribe uses that uh i've been in one tribe where they asked me to do some work and I had to ask them, what is your definition of a clown? And they told me, you call out certain people, and it's up to us to decide how to discipline them. So it was one of those things where hmm. we were more like the police, like somebody who had transgressed or people right. in the tribe that we knew were misbehaving and they were endangering the rest of the tribe or their treaty or something like that. So we were seen more like the police. And... uh our job was security and protection. So it just, it really does depend on the particular tribe. But as I run around, uh, more of a, of, of the business world, you know, um, what right. I tell people is I'm more like the medieval court jester. You know, if people have more European background or understanding Western civilization, I say, I'm a court jester. And what is the job of a court jester? Well, yes, it's to entertain and keep people laughing right. and try to lighten the mood. If things get a little heavy, we're the ones that say something absolutely ridiculous to get people to laugh. Or we trip over a banana or we snort Coke up our nose or anything to get people <laughs> to lighten up, right? I mean, that's our job. Right. Um, to lighten the mood. The other one is to give whoever the leader is of that particular moment, whoever is trying to bring us to a... a a point in space and time, uh, our job is to give them perspective. So our job is not to be the sycophant. Uh, we're not the ones that's just going to go along with the, the rest of the tide because our job as a court jester is to make sure that the king or queen or whoever's the leader uh, is seeing things from all angles so that they can make an informed choice. I love that. 
So is the court jester the same as a fool, the fool? Yes, that we hear very about? much so. Okay. Yes, very much. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're just two different things, but they're... So why are they important aspects to being a leader? Now, this goes with the influence, how we influence others within our sphere of influence, which you definitely have. But why is the court jester or the fool necessary to be within us to be a leader? Uh, I find it is most important in the United States of America. Uh, we have a tendency in this culture to have written out the job of the court jester or the fool. About the only people that I see doing this very well on a day-to-day basis are stand-up comedians. They're there to entertain. We laugh. We giggle. But if you notice, a lot of times their humor has a little bit of an edge to it. They really are addressing the concerns. So hats off to, and I tip my hat every time, to any stand-up comedian, whether they're considered good or not. They're up in front of a whole group of other people seeing the world through a very different set of eyes. And so I always encourage people, when we talk about influence, people say, I never could do what you do, Janine. I could just never do it. And I said, of course not. Your job is to go do it your way. So I've had some people say, well, there's nothing special about a clown. And I said, no, you just have to face every fear you've ever had at 2 a.m. in the morning, and you have to slay (laughs) your own monsters. So, no, there's really nothing to it at all. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds easy. Let me see. Let me try that. Let me just try that one on. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, now, that is such a cool concept. How would I or anyone else develop that court gesture within ourselves? How would I bring that about? I'm not, I'm funny, but not like a comedian. Uh, how, how do I develop that? Right. What I encourage people to do is to really enjoy the company of themselves. When you can oh. be perfectly okay with you sitting in a room by yourself, enjoying just the company of you without a phone and without any kind of media going on to distract you. But when you can just sit in a room for 15 minutes, totally happy in the company of yourself, um, then you know you have achieved the harmony that will bring about the greatest power, your, your greatest personal power so that you can influence others in a positive and beneficial way. That's a different angle on meditation. I think that's beautiful and a little bit easier. That's something I can do. I hope others try that. I'm Because I might have the TV on or the music on or something else. I'm great with being alone. But just to be totally devoid of all media is like meditation. Oh, can you be it, reading? It is. It's a way of sliding meditation in without saying the word meditation. <laughs> exactly. Some people freak on that still, as big of a topic as that is. So can you read during those times, or is it just about being still, being with your breath, with that whole concept? Right. Um, a lot of people uh, use reading as a way to escape, okay? So yeah. if you're reading, you're escaping. Or you're trying to benefit yourself. Uh, you're using it as a scholarly uh, aspect. So That's if right. it brings you comfort, I always encourage people to do that. 
But seriously, can you sit alone in a room for 15 minutes with just your own company? And when you can do that and not fidget and not get spun out from it, then you know you have harmonized yourself and you have slain your dragons. That sounds simple but not easy. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. That is amazing. I mean, and we all have those dragons to slay, and I think it's a lifetime process, but that is a great exercise to work with. So tell me what else you do for your job, your your life. Where do you create the greatest influence? Do you teach? Do you uh you write? I I see that you write. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I <laughs> right, kinda, right. 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 Yes. I love English for that very reason. Um, <laughs> the most fun that I have is teaching and learning from my students. Um, mm. I call people my students, but at the same time, they're also my greatest teachers. And I'm not just saying that they bring a perspective that I otherwise would not have had. So I have the most joy at being able to teach and it can be anything. So I was, technically trained as an analytical biochemist and worked in the pharmaceutical industry for 15 years. So to say that I'm a highly trained thinker is, you know, quite is a statement. However, I also have this metaphysician that won't shut up in my head (laughs) (laughs) that is also very much a psychic and a medium. And I I have those skills as well as a shaman. Um, But the spiritual part of me will not stop yapping. I had a mission that I was tapped with. And so what I do is I go around and I teach at various yoga studios, churches, and clinics uh, how to meditate. And I've broken it down into three-minute meditations is what I teach people. Because to first sit down when you've never done it before and you've been a very active individual, and to try to sit still mm, for 15 yeah. minutes is excruciating. And I, I don't want is. people to feel tortured, yeah. right? You get enough of that in your own life, right? You, know? <laughs> you don't, don't mean, make... that's why people don't like meditation. It's torture, yeah, it, right? It's very, yeah, that's how, uh, and actually I used the word from a friend of mine. So they're like, there are certain things in life that are excruciatingly painful that I would rather do than sit with myself, right? There is that aspect. So for those beautiful people who are what I call the doers, you know, they want to do, I I say, that's fabulous, but we do want you to also be at peace within your own soul, that you're not doing because you're running. And sometimes that is a personality trait we see with the people who are the greatest doers is they're literally right. running from their own demons, right? And face right. it, fear is a fabulous motivator. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Yes. <laughs> if you're afraid of something, it will motivate you and into action. But we want, we want your adrenals to calm down and not, <laughs> and not have to work overtime. And so that's why I, I work with people on the spiritual healing front usually in conjunction with the therapist, uh, to get them to be able to sit for three minutes. And we work with techniques to be able to do that and then slowly move up to the 15-minute mark. And by the time they hit the 15-minute mark, whatever they thought was their original problem is no longer a problem. It dissolves on its own accord, and they can move forward in their life being even more powerful, but yet they're in harmony and they're not running. So that's, that's a wonderful right. aspect. That's what I do. 
could you give us a couple of the techniques that you teach that could help uh, the sure. audience maybe learn yeah. to meditate for three, four minutes? Well, I, uh, the first technique I'm going to give you is one that will, um, it may help you with meditation, but it, it's, see, I, I'm a very practical person. So, so uh, I was I like just going to say practical. that the dichotomy <laughs> from your background to spiritual shaman would allow you the practical aspect of it, which is what people need because we live in our head so much of the time, right? We don't right. want the airy fairy stuff. We want practical techniques to move forward. So sorry I interrupted, but I love that dichotomy in your life, which tells me <laughs> you, you. you've gained a lot from this. So I'm sorry. So start with the uh, technique. Okay. The first one is a breathing technique that's only been around for a short period of time, about 4,500 years, okay? Right, at least. (laughs) This is just a, you know, drop in the bucket in the aspect of time. But this technique is to help you move from an emotional state that may be um, quite agitated. So, like, if you find yourself in fear or if you find yourself moving into grief or depression or anything that is not a, a where you want to be, okay, like you would like to move up the emotional ladder, this right. uh, breathing technique will assist you into calming your thoughts and calming yourself down enough so that you can move to a higher emotional state, one that is more positive. So like, when somebody's depressed, the very first thing spiritual clowns or sacred clowns do is we go and we poke them until we get them pissed off because anger <laughs> is better than depression. So I will walk around, and if I see somebody who's depressed, I will literally walk up with a stick and poke them until they get so angry they jump and run after me, almost like a rodeo clown, right? You have oh, the bull, wow. the angry bull running after you. And you have, you let your other clowns know, there's usually two, two to three at a, at a ceremony. You let them know, this person's depressed. Ah, we know exactly what to do. Piss them off. Get them angry. Get them, move them. Get them running. Because if they're angry, then they're not depressed. They're in a state of motion. And once something is in a state of motion, then you can continue to elevate, elevate, elevate. See? So by the end of a, a ceremony, a sweat lodge or a Hogan, we can get depressed people into a better place. So, that's an example that's pretty extreme, but uh, we like to use extreme examples. <laughs> exactly. So, it um, makes a difference. You, it does. Um, so when you find yourself dropping down the emotional scale and, you you know, maybe it's a cloudy day and you look outside and you start, you know, you can just see you're sliding from being calm and content to starting to move into the gray area, or the gray zone, you can do this breathing technique, and it will help calm you down. Uh, I use it for if somebody accidentally triggers me, uh, presses a button that says, do not push, and they didn't see it. <laughs> and if I get angry... <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have these do not push signs, and it's like people just want to push it. Talk about a clown. Right? Right. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. You see a big red button that says, do not push? I got to push it. <laughs> exactly. I feel feisty today. I'm going to just really piss you off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and funny. so it's my job not to react. It's my job to calm myself down. It's not anybody else's job. It's That's mine. right. So this breathing technique is super simple, as most things are that help you. And that is you breathe in through your nose, a nice long breath. You just take it in. And then you hold for three seconds. 
And then you breathe out through your mouth twice. And you breathe in again. Hold for three seconds. Breathe out. And you do it one more time. And you will feel a calmness around you. And that is because the mind cannot control the mind. The body can control the mind. And you can do Mm. that through breath. Okay? You can do Mm. that through your breath. You can also control your emotions. How many times as a young woman were you taught, oh, well, it's a mood. She's moody. There's nothing she can do. Right. 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 This is a fallacy. Or or suppress it. Right? Suppress it. Oh, yeah. Right. It's not there. And then act (laughs) as if. Like, I'm so happy and inside you're crumbling. Right? That's dangerous. Yeah. The fake smile. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 I appreciate that because I have a brain injury and I result in anxiety attacks and I've never had them before and it can become quite severe. It's physically, it hurts. It would be great to use that to kind of bring me back down. Thank you for sharing that. That's excellent. Uh, you're welcome. I, I had never had an anxiety attack before and one of the issues I had after my first child was born, I was a uh, I came into motherhood grade late. I was uh, 33 when I had my first child. And I had never had an anxiety attack before. And I'm sitting there holding my infant. He's three months old. And I had one in the middle of our apartment. I was perfectly safe. There was absolutely no stimulus from outside that should have done that. And I had one side of my brain that didn't understand what was going on and was and was chastising me for being out of control. And then the right. other side of me, just in a fetal position, wanting to crawl, crawl away. And I just, all I could do was hold my child. And I remember that very terrifying event. And only other people who have had these anxiety attacks even can un- begin to understand right. what you're talking about. Yes. Um, if I had not had that technique at my disposal, because I knew it at the time, and I started working it, and it took me five or six, so... For, for people who are in a really critical state like that, like very heightened anxiety, right. just keep okay. using the breath to calm yourself <laughs> down. For most people, you only need three, three or four tops. And some people will get woozy by the fourth one. But when you're in that heightened fight or flight response and your adrenaline cascade has been kicked into high gear, uh, like an anxiety attack does, uh, you may need yes. to really slow it down and and really uh, focus in on the body calming the mind. Yeah, that would be my recommendation. That would be great. <clears throat> so when you're doing the breath and emotions be released, like I can see me just starting to cry. When I go, I, I gosh, I try not to hate anything, but when I, I feel it coming on and I can't stop it, and that's when to do the breath and to... Not wait till I'm at the very top of the, of the scale, right? And I'm totally freaking out. But do emotions tend to come out and come up and come out when you're doing this breath? Breath work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, that's good. That's, that's the repression part of it. Um, so many times people will find themselves moving into grief because there was a period of time in their life where something happened, but because they were not safe when this event occurred, they were unable to grieve. 
And then it may be 20 or 30 years later, they find themselves, they find themselves in a safe place. They're not really thinking about anything particular. And the next thing they know, they're breaking down bawling. And that's because now it is safe to grieve. And I encourage people to take that time to sit there, get it all out, and you don't have to label it. Uh, That's a big thing. uh, I see this a lot in Americans. Uh, A lot of Americans just feel they need to label everything. I'm like, sometimes (laughs) it doesn't have a label because it's too far back in your memory, or it's not supposed to be labeled. You just need to cry. Let it out. If somebody says, what's wrong? You can say, honestly, nothing. It's, I just felt the need to cry. I'll be over this in a minute. I've actually said that to my children where right. I come in and I'm, I'm brushing my teeth, sobbing over the sink for no reason. And it's not until later that I realize, you know, I never really grieved when my mom died because there just wasn't time. There were too many things that had to be dealt with. And I had right. one emergency after another, after another. Uh, in my life when that occurred. So there was no time for grieving. And so when I start bawling and I'm thinking of a mother or somebody else's mother and I realize, yep, still, still clearing that stuff from mom, <laughs> you know, right. so that's my right. own personal attribute of that. I love that because, um, you know, I went through a strong grieving process after my motorcycle accident, it triggered people around me or my grief. Uh, anyway, I went into a two-year grief because I lost my family. I lost a lot, a dog. It just was so many losses after the accident that I was immobilized. And I cried for two years, I swear. But then every now and then, that'll still come up. In fact, last night, and I don't know why, but I'll, I'll cry for two, three, four minutes, and I'm fine. Don't know what it was. Really got the cry out, released a lot within me. And it's great to be able to explain that. I don't have to label that because I have no idea why that came up. So that, that's a good point to make. So, and Janine. Really tough. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to wrap up real quick. No. And it's really yeah, tough. That. Yeah, it's really tough on me because as a scientist, we're taught to answer the question why. Right? Um. So. Yeah. Who, what, when, where, who, what, when, where is the, what journalists do? How is done by engineers. They answer the how, how are we going to do this? Engineers are very good at that. Scientists ask why, why does this mm. happen? And so when I became a shaman and a sacred clown, I had to get rid of the why because sometimes in the pursuit of the why, you will do more damage than good and you will not allow the soul to heal. And you have to allow there to be no labels attributed to certain things so that they figure it out on their own. And it's usually that they're not in the right time along that linear timeline that we think we live on. They have to be a little bit older before they'll appreciate what the why is. And they label it themselves. And then back to your psychology 101, then the locus of control is from their own center instead of it being a label from the outside. And therefore, they have their own power. And I just wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, Janine, that's beautiful. I love that. That's something we need to tweet. <laughs> that is excellent. <laughs> Looking at your work and all the work that you do, how what, what does influence mean to you? To influence, uh, for me, is a double-edged sword. Um, I always hope 
it is always my hope as a mother, as a friend, and as a teacher that I will influence for good and positive. But inherently, even with my best efforts, there are times where someone will process that influence as a negative. And I just have to learn to be okay with that. Good point. Because there are two sides of that, always. That's right. We all influence both ways. Janine, if people want to find, well, first of all, you know, if people want to find out about the different projects you're doing, tell us quickly about what those are and where people can find you. All right. Well, first off, people can find me by just emailing me at janinebolin at gmail.com and they can uh, look it up on the byline on how to spell my name. But that's one way to contact me. You can also reach me on my office phone at 720-684-6535. And I'm almost never in my office. Please leave a message. I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, as far as the projects that I'm currently working on, I have been hired by several yoga studios to do the three-minute meditation classes. I'm working them out so that when I take those classes online, People will be able to do that, and that's the project for 2019 is to take three-minute meditations online and be able to teach it through a course online. Janine, are you in Denver? Um, I'm actually located in Longmont. Okay. So we're kind of close. So don't get off after we close this show. I want to talk to you a little bit. Okay. okay. And I want to thank you so much for being on with us today. I really learned a lot from you. So thank you, and bless you on your work. I hope we expand this more and more, because I think everyone needs that court jester within themselves so we can find more harmony. And then that leads to fun, right? And we need to be more playful and fun. Too if serious we're not having fun, there. why are we here, right? Exactly. If we're not having fun, why are we here? <laughs> and you're miserable when everything's so serious. I agree. But thank you so much, and I'll see you down the road. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Thanks. Mm-hmm.